0: On the air. okay, okay. So we're at the end of chapter thirteen. We are on page uh, fifty nine on the bottom. The bottom of the page would be page fifty nine. Um, on the top, it's page UTES, and we're holding by the colon, about ten lines into the page. The word vehine. Um, okay, and what we're discussing here is. Well, the basic discussion of these last parochim was the Bainani, which is a much bigger picture, the basic discussion of the entire Book of Tanya, which is called Sefer Shall Benin in the Book of the Benin. But in the Book of the Benin, the primary discussion of the Bainani really begins in Chapter 12 and goes through these couple chapters that we're working with, where he describes really what a bainani is all about. And the Nekuda, as we discussed at Great Length is that the Benini is the person who typically throughout the day experiences the struggle of the two souls. That's the basic point. The person who struggles, which is really most people. Um, I don't want to make any assumptions about anyone, but I'm going to assume that most people around this table are Benini. Um, In other words, that we still have enough Shabamas, we still have an animal soul, and therefore we struggle. Um, There is one time during the day, though, that the Altar Rebbe says that a Benini is able to graduate his struggles. When is that? Tfilah. Mishasa Tfilah. When a person davens, if one davens correctly, if one prepares themselves properly, and one um, contemplates in on the words of davening, one is able to arouse a feeling of avas Hashem, and yiras Hashem, to the extent where the animal soul is knocked out of commission. And that's the emesis of davening. Now, the emiss is we have to say, to be honest, that most of us don't experience that davening uh, very often. That real, the, the real experience of davening is not, you know, coming to shul and opening up a sitter and reading. It's not even reading and, you know, knowing what I'm reading. The real experience of davening is an experience that requires preparation um, and very intense havoidah. Um, the Gemara says, the chasidim harishenim would daven for how long? Sha'achas. Well, sha'achas l'fnei ha sha'achas tefila, sha'achas So it's a three-hour deal.
1: Sha-
0: that was gone. just chakras Yeah, the three hours chakras, three hours minchah, three hours mair. The Gemara says nine hours. the davening. It says yes. So real, you know, the davening, the intense davening, is a big, is in a big avoida. And, and we know that the, by Hasidim, and especially in the yeshivas and taim chetvimim, the the who is considered an ovid You know, are, the Hasidic term is an ovid. You know, I don't know if you have that in other yeshivas. In other yeshivas probably have a lamdan, you have a goin, you have a, a an ilui. Now we have those terms also, but there's a uniquely Hasidish term called an Avid. Avid literally means one who works hard. Mm-hmm. Who was the Avid always till today? Who's considered an Avid? The one who works on Davening. Specifically Davening. Because Davening is the time during the day that we have the ability, even regular people, even people who are who struggle, we have the ability to be able to raise, rise ourselves up or, or pick ourselves up above, above the struggles. And knock out the nefesh of Bahamas, Be it for an hour, be it for half an hour, but it's it's worth it. It's worth it to put in all that effort to to spend a little bit of time with just the emes of the godly soul, without without the, the, the constant struggle of the nefesh of So during davening is the time that a is able to attain a level that's like a tzaddik. I say like because it's not mammosh tzaddik because he really does have a nefesh mammos. It's just being overwhelmed. But in that time, he's able to be in that, that, that state of emas, that state of that beautiful state. Now, but comes after davening, you know, comes back to normal. The animal soul bounces right back, and it's back to business, back to struggle. How do you say in your text that we're open for business, right, for this year? So it's back to business. Animal soul, godless soul, business. Now, the tzaddik is always in that state. But Tzaddik is always no, no animal soul, no nonsense, no Meshigas. It's always just godliness and all the kus, and that's what he wants, that's what he likes, that's what he loves, that's what he feels. So here's an interesting question, which we mentioned last week, but in the next couple of lines, which is really the seum of this paper, the i discusses a very interesting question, which is, is the Bainanese experience during davening true? Is it emes? Because the word truth, what's really emes? Emes is something that is everlasting. unchangeable, everlasting. That's emes. So this, our friend the bainani, we have here. Let's let's conjure. picture the Bainini. and the Bainini spends an hour at the two hours at day dominating, three hours at day dominating. And in those hours, it's mamish, no nefesh of ames, no animal soul, no animal instincts, no desires, just God. And then after dominating, it's back. Yeah. So if we were sitting on the side, if we we're the referees and remarking this bainany. Was those three hours, three hours of truth? Or was he really kidding himself? Was it really not his true essence?
1: We say by seriously, you the guy that's keeping Patshishon and his other things, the same question comes up uh, there. So usually we like to say that that is the truth, that is his essence. Oh, uh, excellent,
0: excellent. So here, this really, the question that's going to be discussed here is a very fundamental question, which is, there's one way of looking at things and saying, you know, if you're not there all the time, consistently, that's not true. So it's all bluff. It's all nonsense. It's all, uh, you're just being untrue to yourself. And a lot of people say that. In life, you'll find that a lot of people say, like, why should I, you know, pray? or Why should I do this? I'm not really being true to myself. Or people say, I'm being hypocritical. Because that's not really who I am. You know, it comes like, come I do a mitzvah. It would be hypocritical for me to do the mitzvah. That's not, that's not true. We hear this all the time. And there's there's logic to it also. Why should I act as if I'm, you know, I go to shul and act, whatever? That's not who I really am. You know, who I really am is when I come home from shul. So, is there any truth to that? There is. There is truth to that because it's not your true state of being. So, what the is going to discuss here is the following. This is like this. If you ask the tzaddik, you know, in relation to the avodah of the tzaddik, is the avodah of the Bainani really true? Not really the tzaddik represents a level of consistency, of that's the way it is, always. That's the MSMS. In relation to the avayda the tzaddik, the avayda the Bainani is not perfect truth. Says the al Rebbe, however, for the Bainani, that's his truth. And it gives a beautiful explanation why. Well, let's read it inside. So again, about 10 lines from the top, page yotes, by the colon. It says, V'hinei midas ahav this Ahavah that we speak about with the Bainani during the al his gabru which comes through the strengthening of the godly soul, etc. where the godly soul is able to be strengthened, inspired, and overwhelmed the animal soul. So If you're going to compare the Ahavah of the Benini to the Madriga, the level of a Tzadik, the tzaddik, because there's a the same with the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is the unchangeable truth. The one that's always equal. So in relation to the tzaddik, if you're going to compare a tzaddik to a benini, In relation to the avoid of the tzaddik, the avoid of the benini is not called real emis. I
2: don't get it. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't understand why. Right? I've heard, I I realize I've heard this a bajillion times that MS is everlasting, right? You know something is true if it's everlasting. Right. I don't understand why that is. If a kid loves his his, his father when he's seven. Right. And then rebels when he's 18, the love wasn't true?
0: If a kid loves his father when he's seven and rebels when he's 17, was the love true? It was true. Is it the ultimate truth? See, you know, let me respond to that. When the child loves at a certain point and then comes to a point, it's because that point he changed. He's a different person. So now that he's 17, he's 10 years older, Different Things different, everything is so... Maybe it was true for a seven-year-old. But what if he loves him in July and doesn't love him in August and loves him in September and doesn't love him in October? So maybe he changed. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, you could say he's always changing. Or you could say that this love is a very... is more of an external type of a thing. It's not something that's that's permanent. The, the the example that you said is extreme because there's obviously this person's changed totally. It's a new person. So for that, for a seven-year-old, it was a perfect love and now not. But if we're going in and out of something, typically that's indicative that 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 we're doing is not that deeply part of us. It's something more external. And that's why one day, yeah, one day not. One day, yeah, one day not. You know, we have... There are students who come every day, you know, in yeshiva. They're always there on time, and they're always learning, and they're always dominating. They're, they're always students. And there are students that one day they're inspired, and one day they're not, and one day they're this, and one day they're that. So their their dedication to it is obviously on a much lesser level, even though on, on Tuesday he's there just like the guy who's there every day. But the fact that on Monday he wasn't, Tuesday he was, Wednesday he was, Thursday he wasn't, it's much more transient. It's not it's not as real. It's not as permanent within, within him. Ch- changeables, the the things that are not changing are we're our ultimate MS lie seemingly. There's there's you know there's feelings there's some people that I like one day don't like the other day and the, my real friend I always like because that that love is much deeper much more MSic, so it doesn't it's not prone to such constant changings. Not helping.
2: I hear what you're saying.
1: I mean, you're, you're troubled by the definition that we've used so far for what truth is. All right. I don't know that that
0: gets in the way of... Um... The concept he's saying anyway, right. In other words, whether you use that definition or not. But, but Terry uses the concept of... MS. He actually is going to base it on a Pusik in Mishli in a moment. If you wait a moment, let's see a Pusik. Okay. So he says, so in the, in the relation to the aveda the Tzaddik, it's not MS la'amite. It's not the ultimate truth. By the fact that it just disappears right after davening. So that's indicative that even when it was there, it wasn't the ultimate truth. Uksiv, as it says, and I'm pretty sure this is a postic from Mishle. We have have it in English, I'm
1: sure.
0: Mishle. Uksiv, it says, Sfas emes tikon lo'ad. Literally, the 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 lip or the the speaking of truth is something that's everlasting. Is
1: that where the saw gets its thing?
0: Very likely, very likely. It's pasukim mishlei. Um, the ad argia loshin sheker. The the ad argia. It's just for a moment. A, a lie. Lies are something that you know. I say something here. I say something there. I'm changing my mind. There's no consistency to it. Who said uh, this has got to be a famous statement from someone that says that um, an honest man can be a, doesn't have to be so smart. A lying person has to be much smarter. An honest man just if as long as you're all, always honest, you don't have to keep track of what you said. <laughs> you're, just, you're just honest. Mm-hmm. If you're making things up, you always have to keep track, not you know, to, uh, to get
1: trapped. sure. Yeah, I
0: can I can trap myself every day easily? <laughs> right. Truth doesn't change. Lack of truth is always changing, right? It's like the same thing we say. We say, Why, why is Torah unchangeable? Mitzvahs are unchangeables. You know, the world changed, and then uh, governments came and went, and nationalities and fashions, and right, like fashions. What's good for today is not good for tomorrow anymore, right? My wife tells me when I buy uh, a of clothing, I have to get an expiration date on it, I have to know no more. It's only good for X amount of times. Better, it's no good. Fashions change and ways of acting change and ways of talking change. Only everything changes. And Torah doesn't change and mitzvahs doesn't change and Hashem doesn't change because it's an unchangeable. It's a truth. It's a basic truth, a basic MS. Even in life, there are certain things that we need every single day. There are certain things that we can we love having and that we don't have or we could have or we don't have. But the things that we need every day we can't do without. They, they, don't, go, they don't come and go. Oh, so he says, Mela on the one hand, this which changes constantly in a state of flux. Again, when dominating he's chakras, he's inspired later in the workplace. He's he's entangled and, and he has the Yatzahar on his on his back. So in relation to the Tzaddik, who's consistently inspired, consistently, Rukhni so it's not the ultimate MS. The Aaf nevertheless. True. When you compare the to the sadik, it's not the real Ms. But in relation to the of the nikras, be la For him, this is his ms It's not. It's not hypocritical. It's not dishonest. You're not being dishonest with yourself. On three hours a day, you inspire yourself to a level, even though afterward it's going to fall down. You'll be back to your, to, you know, to regular everyone according to his madrega, how much he's able to inspire himself in those times at Tzvila. And here the al says, very interesting, very unusual in Tanya, it's almost like a, like a passionate uh, expression. But,
1: but thus far, do we have the exact answer as to why he's not a not, faker? Not yet, okay. not yet.
0: Why well, he's not a what? A faker. a faker. Why is it not fake? Why is that? And he's going to say here in a very beautiful quote of Tanya, says Be, I, I I call he's is referring to himself in first person, very very unusual in Tanya. He says I'm calling the ava that they inspire in their tfila, gamkin also svas ms I call this ms. I call this the the tongue of truth that's everlasting. Why? seemingly it's not it's only these three hours then, then he goes to the workplace and he's he's far you know fighting with himself like 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 just like a russia well like the russia thoughts that is she so says <laughs> He says, it's not as if I have that Avas Hashem and then I can't have it anymore. I can have it now, I can, I can daven. In other words, it's always there within the Banyanese grasp to go back to Shul, pull out my sitter, pull out my safer, think about Hashem and awaken that same level of Avas Hashem. In other words, it's never something that I can't do. It's just that the way I am, I need to work on it. I need to create it. I need to reveal that in my, that koyach in my neshama. I can't always be on that level where I'm creating it because I got to go to work. Because I have to go back home. I have to take care of my family. So, mehla, I have to I have to stop. But it's not that later at 7 o'clock in the, in the evening or 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 10, I really can't find that level. I can always find that level. All I need to do is close my safer, close my, uh, close my shop, and go back to shul and sit down with a safer and I'll be right back there where I was.
1: It's like having a pass to the health club. You you you're busy, you can't get to it, but you have the pass. If if you would get there, you'd be able to do your workout. Right, you could get to the uh, shul and the beis for your allotted time. You could have your spiritual workout it. and be at a high place
0: Yeah. So in other words, it's not it's not if it's something that okay, two hours that you can do it, and then that's it. You can't do it anymore. That Dalte Rebbe is saying, that would talk, could be a stereotemis. Because it's something that's not always available to me. Here, this madrega is always available to my Aveda It's interesting. It's a very interesting thing people don't know. It's very famous that the Rebbe never went to Israel. And that was something that was in a lot of people's minds. Till today, it troubles people. Like, why didn't he go to Israel? And he was so into Israel. I mean, his talks are full of Eretz Yisrael, and he sent shluchim to Eretz Yisrael. And according to all accounts, the Rebbe was so knowledgeable about every black in Eretz Yisrael. And he, he, look at the Why didn't he go to Israel? And the Rebbe said different reasons. He said different reasons. Some people he told for this. I mean, it's, it's unclear. I don't think anybody knows the end of the day what was going through the Rebbe's mind. Fact is, the Rebbe didn't go anywhere. Not just the Rebbe, the Rebbe didn't go anywhere, and he was busy every single day, a whole day in Avodas Hashem. But one thing he once told someone, he says, that I mean, the Rebbe was extremely connected to his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe. He always saw himself till till the Rebbe was till the last days as a Chassid of his father-in-law. He always called his father-in-law the Rebbe, the Nasi the Rebbe of our gen- the Rebbe ishver, the, Siderin, or the Nasi of our generation. Extremely, whenever the Rebbe had an issue, he'd head off to the oil. right.
1: See
0: to the Tzion, or no mm-hmm. in fact, you know, when there was the uh, big Sfarim court case in Chabad mm-hmm. in, in 1987, well, no, all the the court case was in '85, so the Rebbe went every day to the hill, to Daven, every day of the court case. Now this was winter, when the Rebbe went to the oil, he would stand, only stand for hours, not wear shoes, not eat all day, he would fast, and the Rebbe wasn't, uh, there was in his 80s. He so we wouldn't wear shoes. No, not the but you can wear shoe. yeah, yeah, now he would put on like a slipper type of, it. Okay, it was like okay. a slipper, like- but. No regular shoes, fasting, standing, five, six hours, every day in the winter outside. He became very sick. He became very sick. So some of the elder Hasidim came together, and they came to the Rebbe, and they asked the Rebbe, said, please, don't go. You can't do this to yourself. We'll go for you. We'll make a minion, you know, whatever you want. And the Rebbe said, he says, why don't you want me to go? Because you need to have a Rebbe. He says, I need my Rebbe too. So I have to go. It's a time of sorrow for me. I have to go. That was extremely connected, and any if asked about kash, you asked the question. He asked the rebbe for bracha. I'll mention you by the tzin. The rebbe was like, So the rebbe once said that why didn't you go there to Israel? Because when my father-in-law passed away, I promised myself I would never be in a place that I can't get to his gravesite in that day. I always have to have it in my like to be able to to be able to get there. I can't remove myself from being able to get there. Now that doesn't mean he went. He wasn't always there but he had to always be able to go there.
1: Right. so it's an example of a practice that he Rebbe himself took Obviously, he was saying shlucham around the world. That wasn't meant for everyone. Without a doubt.
0: Without a doubt. I'm, I'm just bringing out this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of that, that there's something about, I can't always be doing something, but I'm always able to yeah. do something. And in fact, the Rebbe writes in a famous sikh, he said in, in 19 uh, what was it? In 1954, on Yushvat he said that a chassid always knows talking about going back to the oil, he says, that he can go to the tzim. And that alone keeps the Yesahara at bay. Because the Yeshara knows, if he's going to be to this, I'll pick up and get into a plane and I'll go to the oil. He says, they haven't looked at it that with such power, the ability to go back. So I'm comparing that, similar similar idea here. He's saying, true, the Benin doesn't often all day. And therefore the Benin, sometimes this struggle with the It's not like it's not. But the Benin is in a state of being. That he always can pick himself up. You know, things are too tough. See you later. I'm going to shul, and in the shul, the beny is king. Which is the uh, the Gemara talks about. You went to the base of Exactly. Pogabach, maneuver Zem Mashcheiul the base of That if this, the a this the loathsome one, if he's too tough, pull on to the base of In Barzel who mispites, right? In who nimuach if he's like a stone, it'll be, he'll be uh, come. He'll I say uh, dissolve it will be like iron, it will come apart. Same idea. So that's what he says over here. That the Benmi always has the ability, give me the ability with the proper Ahana. So one is able to, the Benmi is able to reach that. And here he says a beautiful idea. He says, ms truth is very, very... I always forget what's objective and what's subjective. It's very subjective.
1: No, truth is
2: objective. Mm -hmm. No, I think he wants to say... Objective is is what you would think truth would be. Right.
0: He says truth is subjective. He's saying everyone has their MS. There isn't one MS for everyone. What... For a tzaddik, his MS... So for for the tzaddik, the Benini's MS is not real MS. But for the Benini, that's his real MS. On the tzaddik's level, real MS is if I'm always 100% there. That's the tzaddik's MS. But for the Benini, his MS is the fact that when he comes to shul, he's on that Madrid.
2: Right, that's why I can That's why I have this big question. Well,
0: so so basically, what he's saying is, everyone has their MS. <laughs> in other words, when we, you know, at a much lower, at a much lower level than he's talking about here in Tanya, let's use this idea. We come to a yid. A yid is not from, and we say, come in to show Roshaniyim Kippur. And he comes Roshaniyim and he comes in. And, you know, he took a car. To is it MS? So we believe yes. It's his neshama expressing itself by ms. Now, for, let's say a firm Yid is going to say, you know what, I'll stop. For this guy it's ms to show up on Rosh Hashanah Kippur. I'll start this coming. Rosh Hashanah Kippur to show. So on my level, that ms is not ms, But on the level where he's holding, he's revealing the ms of his neshama in those times that he can. I
1: understand. How is he? By going to shul or by driving to show?
0: The fact that he's driving is the problem. But the fact that he's going to shul the fact that for some reason he's showing up in shul, that's the emes of his neshama that's calling out and saying, let me into show
1: shul. Right, just trying to say, so the emes of a neshama is, could portray itself in a way that um, we could sort of overlook other hair that's on the situation.
0: There's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of work that has to be done over here. But all of those problems don't take away from the fact that this neshama expressed itself with an emes when it did this mitzvah, when it was inspired in this way, that inspiration we believe is emes. Again, the cynic says that was emes.
1: Well, I don't know what the, kind of emes. I don't know if it's fair to say the cynic. I mean, there's so many things we need to t- tidy up with it because, it's like, not to harp on the example, but we—I don't—would we say that? this is going to be a provocative question, that a person that goes to Reform Temple on the High Holidays, is that the Neshama Shana, or is it exclusive to, you know, a Beit Chabad or an Orthodox show?
0: It's no. the Neshama. Hi, Jared, come on in. It is the Neshama. Hi, uh, this is
1: Missy's brother, Steve. Hey, welcome. Thank you. From, is it your birthday? We're making L'chaim? No, just it's just we need a Zuh- <laughs> house. Uh, I'm is I'm is this L.A. Steve? Yes. Hey, No. Look, we, no. This, this is not Steve. L.A. Steve. Oh, this is local yeah. Steve. Steve. Lo- Okay. LA <laughs> uh, Oh, no, 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 no. That's I'm Ali Bruce. That would then, be my
0: brother.
1: This Hi, is, I is. it was your birthday share. Okay, this, right. this is a great question. Oh, I shouldn't say, I guess it's, I mean, it's a weak question. Welcome.
0: So, it's 59 minutes. So so
1: what's the we'll question? Jonathan Dress. Jonathan. perfect timing. The question we're holding by right now is what?
0: The question we're holding by is when a person expresses an inspiration. And because he's inspired, he, he goes to a shul. And he might be doing it yeah, wrong.
1: He if, I I I I of course. I so he, of course. Might,
0: this is <laughs> he might be doing it wrong, and he might go to shul. Uh, it might be on Shabbos or Yom Kippur, and he might go by car because he doesn't know better, or he's not taught better, or he's not educated. But he wants to go to shul. He's Jewish, he wants to go to
1: shul. Jewish person going to shul on the holidays, maybe he's not getting in the kosher way.
0: Is there an expression here of the MS of his nishanah? He, he did a lot of... He probably did... I don't know... 10 Averas on the way.
1: Yeah, he drove, he drove there, there...
0: He drove the way back... The truth of his soul. But yeah. he has a soul... And that Jewish soul... Is thirsty for godliness. Now because this person... Is not properly educated... So he doesn't know... What's the right way... According to Torah... To find that truth of godliness. So he does... What he thinks. And he looked it up in the paper... And this is a congregation... And they're... And they're having it as a service. So he shows up. So again... Technically, halachically, a lot of problems here. A lot of no-no's. He doesn't know better. But what's at the kernel of this is that there's a Jewish soul. And that soul is inspired and wants to reach out to Hashem. And that's why he came to Shul. So that's very precious to Hashem. Because this is the truth of a soul expressing itself. Now... It's the job of someone who knows more and knows better to try to teach this person and educate him what's the best and more appropriate and more positive way to express your neshama. But that doesn't take away from the truth of the expression of his neshama when he's doing that mitzvah. This was something that the Rebbe was very into, the whole concept of mifsoyim, the whole concept of going out in the street and meeting a guy and asking to put on tefillin. Does
1: anybody ever do that to you? Anybody ever ask if you're Jewish, when to put on tefillin? No. I live in uh, <laughs> where I live, <laughs> they ask you if you want to go there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> where do you live?
0: Wisconsin. We're in Wisconsin.
1: Are you familiar with Wisconsin? Not much. Well, Some I places. Was just Monday, just south of just south of Milwaukee, right
0: now. Oh, well, okay. okay. A lot of well, that's Jews. Chicago. A lot of Jews huh? in Milwaukee. That's Chicago.
1: Well, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like a suburb <summer laughs> of Chicago.
0: So okay, but this is the the idea. You go and you offer a year to do a mitzvah. And the, the argument was so what's the big deal of a person to do one mitzvah? I mean, it's you know, in the middle of everything else that they're doing, and they're not changing their lifestyle, they're not becoming observant and totally observant. Like, let's, like, let's, let's see whether you live in. What's what did you gain? What did you gain with one mitzvah? What did that one mitzvah do? And the Rebbe says that that one mitzvah is where the soul got a breath of fresh air, was able to express itself and its connection to Hashem. That's what it got. Now, mitzvah gerer mitzvah. We believe once a soul is connected to Hashem, that is going to influence them and inspire them to do another mitzvah. And there is, you know, I'm not going to start with the stories, but countless stories where a person was affected by one thing and one thing led to a second thing, second thing to a third thing. And then who knows how, many, how much is affected by that. But all that is based on this idea that hmm. everyone, everything has its emes. And again, what's emes for one doesn't necessarily work for another. Like we said, for one person doing that one mitzvah is a tremendous expression of the amnesty of their soul. But for someone who knows much more and is able to do much more, that would be really very negative if I would go down to that and start only doing that. right? No, that would be good. That's A that, that's, person says, you know what? Oh, it's, it's good enough for a person to do one mitzvah. I'll start doing one mitzvah. So in other words, no, for me, that's not amnesty. For me, that was, that's hurting myself. That's what he says here. And he, uh, we're about seven, eight lines from the bottom on page test. According to Kabbalah, Yaakov is called the midas emes. We say in that, emes Give truth to Yaakov. Hanikra el What's the bria The literally means the middle rod. What's the middle rod? So in the Mishkan, the Mishkan was a bunch of planks, right? The him. And there was rods, so there was the top rods and there was the the bottom rods and the middle rod. Mm. What was the difference between the top and the middle? The top, each rod did half the mishkan, like uh, x amount of amos, ten amos, ten uh, cubits. The middle one went all the way from beginning all the way to the end. Mavriach mm. min ha kotsa la kotsa from one end to the other. Yaakov is that midav, emes. That mm. emes goes all the way through. Means it's for every person at his level. What's his emes? Mavriach, where am I holding? Um Miramha Mailus Madregas from the highest of levels at Soif Kaldargin to the lowest of levels. Ubakal Maila Umadrega in every place and at every level. Mavriach toich Nikudoha and Sois. It reaches the innermost point. She nikudas ubachinas emes shala. Which is the truth of that place. Or of that person, everyone has their place of truth. Everyone has their moment of truth, their form of expressing truth. Omidas ms Hinachala <inaudible> Truth is something that's that's boundless, that's limitless. Its strength, its purity, its holiness. Ve'ein la shir adreim hamaylas. It doesn't have any limit to how high it can go. V'chol maylas umadriges shalemata. Every lower level becomes insignificant when one reaches the higher level. When one reaches a higher level of truth for themselves, what was true and powerful for me yesterday is not anymore. For me, my truth now needs something greater to express itself with. So he's saying a very interesting, a beautiful idea about truth. That truth is not, as going back to the beginning of we said, it's not like there's one truth and that's it. You know, if it's this, if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. One truth. Truth is for everyone to find their level of truth that they're that they're at today, and how they can grow and be able to develop themselves to a higher form of truth. But never underestimate or undermine the truth of a person when he is where he's at, and therefore that bainani. Although, you know, Bidini is a pretty high-meditated person anyway. But even though the Bidini relation to the tzaddik is so much less as we discuss, because after davening he's whatever. So many times all of us experience this. We're inspired, inspired, inspired. It's Yom Kippur. And then the next day, you know, back to lunch. Back, you know, business as usual. Right? What, I, what happened with the whole inspiration of Yom Kippur? So was it not true? It was true. It was true. That's where I was with my Neshama now and now it's up to me to bring out Again, to come back to that level of truth. And just,
1: just to chime in for a For the Cliff Notes version, if somebody would say, Rabbi was talking so much about truth, truth, truth. you know, A lot of people think of truth, it's like, okay, are you telling the truth? I don't think that's where we're going here, so to speak. We're talking about a different definition of truth, aren't we? Correct. So how, what would that definition be?
0: Was I being true to myself? Was I being honest? Or was I being... Um, what's the word we were looking for, we said before? Touch with reality. (sighs) Is is my inspiration true and real? Even if later I'm not going to be inspired. So the
1: truth we're talking about really is our godly service. Correct. It's It's correct. Was our godly service uh,
0: true? Yeah. I did a good act. I did an altruistic act. I did a godly act. A selfless act. But later I was selfish. Later the same day I was selfish. So was that selflessness truth? Was it really me? Or was it just pretending? Was I being hypocritical? Mm. When I'm doing a good act, am I being hypocritical because later I'm doing a bad act? It's a very it's a practical it's a question that we all face. Yeah. You know, I'm called I'm called on to, to to do something, but that's not really me, cause yesterday I didn't, tomorrow I probably won't, so maybe today I shouldn't either, just to be more consistent. But isn't it very simple? That, like we said in the beginning, we have to, to, to them
2: the So, like, it makes perfect sense. I know, but who
0: am I? In other words, am I really a godly person or an animal person? Who, who am I really? Who's the who's the fundamental one? Who's the one who I act like? Right. So we're saying no, no, no. When the godly soul call out, that's my truth. And later, it's not there, and I have to find it again, and I have to bring it out again. There's a great story. There was once a chassid who, um he came, he was a chassid of the, I think it was the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab. And he wore, you know, regular chassidic garb, you know, the, the, whole, the whole the whole nine yards. And he was a businessman. So the way he would, basically he went, went, uh, went back home and he would get on, to, put on regular business clothes, regular clothes. But whenever he would come to the Rebbe to visit, he would put on, pull out his black coat and his hat and he would come in like a chassid. So, one time he thought to himself, he says, this is silly. He says, all week I dress like a regular, I don't know, Russian uh, businessman. And I come to the rabbi, I start pretending that I'm a big chassid and I put on my hat and my long coat and this. It's pretend world, that's not real. I want to be true. So he, the next time he came to the rabbi, he came dressed the way he dresses every day. And he walks into the private audience, the rabbi, and the rabbi says, Shalom Aleichem, says, what's going on? <laughs> you know, what happened? Why, why did it change? So he says, Rebbe, you know what? I decided I want to stop fooling you. He says, here, always I'm acting, I'm dressing a certain way. And I come here, it's like, you know, it's, it's Purim. I'm putting on a Hasidic frock. He says, I don't, that's not honest. So I figured I want to come here and be my honest self and look the way I always look. And the Rebbe smiled and said like this. He says, you're not fooling me. I know what, how you always dress. But what I always thought is that your MS is the way you're dressed as a chosid. That's who you're really, where you're really at. But you got to go to work, so you dress the other way too. So here was where your MS is, and there you were fooling them. Now you're telling me, to the contrary, that that's your MS. That's a problem. Because you have to remember where your MS is. Your MS should be the way a chosid looks, the way a yid looks, the way a teriyid looks. Sometimes you act differently, or you dress differently, because you got to, okay. But remember where your MS lies. Don't ever let it, don't let yourself flip the, uh, Flip the, uh, clo- the the garments and say, that's where my emesis is, and here I'm fooling everyone.
1: Were you going to say something? I saw something on the tip of your tongue. I just listened to the last passage when you said what was true yesterday is not necessarily true today. Okay. I didn't understand that.
0: No, well, what I, I'm not sure which words exactly you're referring to. What I'm saying is sometimes I act in a certain way today because today I'm inspired. So today I'm going to do a selfless deed. Today I'm I'm going to do a godly act. Now, tomorrow I might not have that opportunity or I might not act that way for whatever reason. The fact that tomorrow I don't do it doesn't take away from the truth of the act that I did today. I'm not hypocritical for doing something good today if tomorrow I won't. Because today I'm letting that goodness and godliness within me express itself. And I'm, I'm not just letting it express itself, I'm expressing
1: it. Okay, I thought you said what was true today is not necessarily true tomorrow.
0: Oh, so perhaps that was something else. I said later when I grow to a higher level right? and I start being able to express myself and my the goodness and the strength in me more and more. So just doing it a little bit like last week wouldn't be considered true to myself anymore. As being that I've grown to a new place and a new level, now for for my for me to express myself truthfully, I have to do more because now I'm on a greater level. It's, In you other words... They
1: the computer code and they wrote DOS and now there's Windows. and you know, Windows is, is DOS. It does. It doesn't make it any less true. It was true at the time. It was, it, was true. True. it was true at the time just as changing it is true at the time. Exactly.
0: It was true then okay. for it then. Was it was excellent for them.
1: I'm just
0: trying to follow. Really? Great, excellent, excellent. You know, there's a a child. You know, a child one day starts walking. And everyone is, the parents are standing around and clapping and snapping pictures. All he did was walk two and a half steps and then fell. And it's a simcha, it's yomtev, and you send it to Bobby and Zadie, and you send it to downtown. You know, Beryl walked. you know know, everyone's excited it is true it's less true it's true it's It's a true great achievement. it's a true great achievement but if when they're four years old they'll say you know what you know i'll tell you a funny flashback a funny flashback i was four four years old and my little sister was born actually i was less than four and
1: I, I have the same flat <laughs> <laughs> as <And> his wife. <laughs> no, true.
0: And listen, my little sister was born, and every month my parents made a big deal. She's one month old, she's two months old, she's three months old. And I got upset. I said, I have to wait a whole year for my birthday. Why are they making a whole of a whole holiday every month? In other words, what's good for a one month old, two month old, is not good for a four year old. The two steps that a two-year-old takes is not good for a six-year-old. It's wonderful and great and holy and special for a two-year-old. And in life, we're meant to grow. So the fact that when we're two years old, either physically or, excuse me, spiritually or figuratively, and we take baby steps, that's great and holy and wonderful and true. And yet, when we grow and when we're able to do more, then those steps aren't really a, a real expression of greatness or truth, because they're, we're able to reach much more, and to connect to much more. And that's the idea that he's telling us here. Where are we clockwise?
2: 852.
0: Did we finish the chapter? We finished the chapter.
2: Does this apply to like, Amunah Shlema as well? Where there's two types of Amunah? There's a Munah, and there's a Munah and the Bainani has a Munah, and that
0: has a Munah Shlema. Explain, why would you say that?
2: Well, you're saying there's two types of MS, basically, right? There's Til, Till now
0: we were talking in Avodah, in, in the service of Hashem, in the level of love of God and fear of God that's generated. Amuna belief, is a different concept, but the truth is, it's true to Amuna too. Because even in faith, in belief in God... There's a lot of different levels to that. And as we grow in our mind and our capacity and our ability to understand, our faith gets deeper as well. Like, take, for example, actually an interesting point. Um, A child pictures God in a certain way in his head. I'm sure sure every, every child tries to create some type of a picture of God in their head, right? Now, as we grow older, we understand that that picture is not really God. Because it was very limited, based on a very limited understanding of a child. For the child, it was wonderful. For an older person, that would be very, it would be crass. It would be le- more as expected of us to understand about God. And as we grow, and as we grow in our understanding, and grow in our uh, learning, so we're able to appreciate higher and deeper and greater levels of Hashem. So our Amuna is deepened and is, is, is greater. So it's true. It's true for, it's true for everything. That as we grow, our capacity grows, and therefore, what's true to us grows with our capacity. Whether it's in our love of Hashem, whether it's our belief in Hashem, and in our good deeds and everything, and everything, a person does an act of tzedakah. A person has you know, a person has limited means and he does a charitable act, a good act. That's wonderful. That's great. For someone who has so much more means, that act would be very, very not satisfactory. It wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be special. It wouldn't be holy. So, truth and 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 the and greatness of something and purity of something is very dependent on the person and the level and the place that the person's at.
1: Yeah. You know, I am I, um, trying to work on this here, so several years ago we were back, you know, by El Goldblatt, right, um, uh, so we are there for, this goes back 15 years, I right? think it was around, before Pesach, maybe it was Pesach time, and, and uh, some of the discussion of the Seder came up, and there was people uh, that we were familiar with or somebody that Tim was familiar with and they were talking about the Seder they had and it was clearly a um earlier than the Zman kind of a thing in other words maybe the Seder was supposed to start at eight and they started at six and kind everything of and I made some kind of a comment like uh, kind of towards the negative and Mara the wife said something that I was out of place in saying it I think after learning a Peric- well, little few lines of Peric- or Gimmel, I mean, should that be, is that the recommendation from Rabbi that we hear such a story, we should take the positive that here are Jewish people coming together and they're reliving the exodus story, albeit it's not the perfect time? I, Especially if they don't know about it. Yes. I, yeah, I, I definitely think so. You should take a, 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 right, right, a, a right. aggressive approach. They're doing nothing and it's, it doesn't count for anything. No, Rabbi. because
0: they're, they are trying to express Themselves in their relationship to God in the way that they understand best at that time. Now we should the, the most the greatest sense of Abbas yisrael of loving of another Jew would try in the ways at our disposal to try to educate and and bring people to the next level to understand more. But by, but to appreciate where that's coming from, and it's coming from really a place of intense holiness. It's coming from a very powerful desire within that is looking to connect to something. Um, and thank God is, is looking in the right places as far as because that same desire might propel people also to go to a Buddhist uh, something in an ashram somewhere because I'm looking for meaning in life. Mm-hmm. Because there is there is a part of godliness within us that's looking for endless, looking for truth. So this person at least is looking for it in Judaism and in some sense of Torah Misguided, misdirected—you know—might not know how and when the right halachic approach about it because they just don't know. But it's coming from a desire to connect,
1: and that could be extended on to Jewish people that are longtime members or users of other denominations, reform former conservative that are going there.
0: Of course, they just—they don't—they don't know. It's—it's—it's it's quite simple. It's quite simple. They don't know. They don't know. They're lacking the education, and therefore we have to try to to touch them and to connect to them. That's, uh, that's, a, avoidance. Oh, no, that, that's
1: that's our You Even a self tagged conscious reformer, conscious conservative. Who knows? know, we don't.
0: We we, we have to be don lekavos. Mm-hmm. Our, our job is not to try to figure out why something is no good. We try to figure out why something is good. Again, for me, it would be no good, and that's the point here. For me, that would be wrong. But to understand that where this person's at, that this is an expression of a. Of a muffled cry of a neshama, that's coming to a person, and the person simply not knowing exactly what to do with it.
1: Neshama is the soul. Yeah. is the
0: soul. The soul. That yeah, part of we, we believe that every, we believe that every Jew is a part of God within themselves, and that part of God is looking for expression. Amen. 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 And there's no question that the greatest, uh, the greatest, uh, you know, um, impediment of our generation is just lack of knowledge of what to do with that soul. Now, interestingly, in, in Israel, things are much clearer because in Israel, everyone knows where it's at. You know, you decide when you want to show up, but you know where it's at because there's people are much more educated as far as Judaism is concerned. But here, it's just to know where it's at and what to, what's the right place to do and where to go. It's all different, all different worlds. I met, a Jew, I met a Jew this year, um, this summer in Israel, on the street. I asked him uh, if he'd put on tefillin. And we talked, and he said yes. Very interesting story. So he turns out he learned in a yeshiva, in a Chabad yeshiva, 60 years ago. 60 years ago. 60 years ago, in the Bronx. And he was floored, because I said, is that Rabbi times yeshiva? He said, how did you know? <laughs> I said, because my, my father learned there too. My father's a little younger than him, but he learned there. Rabbi Altain today is about 102 years old. <laughs> And he lives in Crown Heights. He doesn't know what's going on, really. But, but um, has, so, no. but this person, he says he learned in yeshiva. He was out by the time he was fifteen, and that was the last time he was in yeshiva. He's a very interesting Jew. So he, but but he's he's a spiritual person in his way. So he goes to a synagogue. He plays music and he plays music for prayers, and that's how he's inspired by himself, inspires the people, and so on. So again, you can have the two approaches: how to look at such a person. He say, "Oh, it's nonsense." Especially, he wasn't a yeshiva; you should know better, and so on and so forth. He doesn't remember one thing that he learned in yeshiva. didn't. Uh, last time I put on tefillin was maybe forty years ago. Oh. But since then, I've kept in touch with him, I and mean, I write to him. He writes to me, and, and we have a cordial relationship. But um, there's so many Jews like that. So many And he does go to shul. He goes to shul on Friday nights. You know, he doesn't have to go to shul. He can go to the bar also. But he wants to go to shul. That means he's. That means there's something inside of him that's looking for spirituality, and unfortunately, right now that's where he's at.
1: So but he's of, going to shul. A lot of um, just you talk about like digging out of a certain pattern. A lot of um, people like myself and my peers were ra- were raised and continue to be raised to um, feel like you have to go like this when you hear of such practices and, and to. To to and some of that is to sort of either to make sort of a fence to say you know what, what we're doing to preserve how we're behaving is the truth. It's not. it's not coming from a point of view as to say oh well, those our fellow Jews are are um bad. It's it was more to sort of like make this fence kind of a thing, but perhaps that's um,
0: and, and I, I and I just I want to I want to um, emphasize that he did say over here. That for the higher level, the lower level is not true. So it's not like we're saying everything is good. Yeah. We're not saying, oh, look, you know, pick your way to serve God and do it. That's not what Tanya is saying. Right.
1: I think a lot of people, though, if they would be a casual listener to talk tonight, they they might try to take that as a takeaway.
0: Right. Which is why we have to be clear with what we yeah. learn. In other words, the author is taking. He's walking a tightrope. Yes. He's telling us that there is truer truth. And when I'm at a level of truer truth, the lesser truth is not true. He said that. He said that clearly. At the same time, when a person is at the place where he's at, and that's the truth that they are able to reach, or they're reaching at that time, then that is their truth expressing itself. So both parts are important to know. One part can't be minimized. To say that Tanya says that, you know, choose your way how to serve God, and that's true, would be a very incorrect statement. And, and shouldn't be said. On the other end, he wants us to appreciate that when a person is at a certain level and expressing themselves at that level, that is them expressing their truth at the place that they're at. And again, it's, it's the, it's the, um, it would be the responsibility and, and great merit of a friend to help a person grow and learn more and understand more and be able to appreciate that there's more to it and there's something greater to it and therefore help them appreciate a higher level of truth as well.
2: There's a story in Tulishkin's book on the Rebbe, where somebody goes to the, someone goes to the Rebbe and tells him, you know, I'm not Orthodox and I, I don't I don't think I could be diving in an Orthodox synagogue. Um, and the Rebbe asks him, "Well, who does more mitzvahs, Reform or Conservative?" He says, "Conservative." she says. So the guy ends up, I guess, going to the conservative synagogue. It was a really interesting, there's <laughs> something along those lines. I don't want to misquote the rabbi, but right. it, was, it was an interest. It was, yeah.
0: it was all about just doing more, going to the next step, going yeah. the next step. And, and, and so again, could someone say, oh, so the rabbi said it's okay to do that? That would be misrepresenting. Right. He was just saying, you're there, move one step forward. Right.
1: It's nice to be a rabbi who could see into the neshama of what the person Yeah, to the, the person needs, yeah. that one?